It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Good morning and welcome. This is Charlie Crabtree with the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. Today we're going to have a great show for you. In the first uh, segment, we have some uh, homeschool parents and a homeschooler uh, to talk a little bit about an event coming up here later in the month that uh, the community might help with. And on the second half of the show, we've got uh, Liv Finney from the Washington Policy Center who's going to talk to us a little bit about what's going on in the legislature on education and uh, what's happening with uh, education in general, K-12, public education in the state of Washington. So let's get right into it. Let's get started. We would like to thank uh, Asset Advisors and Linden Sheet Metal for their sponsorship of this hour on Saturday morning. So, first of all, in studio, we have Eric Johnson, who is a homeschool parent, and he is, I guess, current with his wife, current committee head and chairman and uh, chief cook and bottle washer for an organization uh, whose acronym I hope he explains to us. And also in studio today is Simon Sefcik, who uh, listened closely to the program. This is a process he he went through to become um, as articulate as he seems to be on the stump. And uh, so he's here to talk a little bit about this organization as well. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, and thank you. So tell us just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into what the organization is. Yeah, <clears throat> thank you. So, so my wife and I, we've been married for uh, over 30 years. I uh, have four children, uh, three of them in college right now, and our youngest is uh, still uh, in high school. And the organization uh, name is EPIC, which uh, stands for Emphatically uh, Proclaiming uh, with <laughs> Integrity and Clarity. That, that's a wordful, so we call it EPIC, EPIC. instead. Yeah. yeah, and we're a local uh, speech and debate uh, club. Uh, that has uh, participates uh, and affiliates uh, with a national organization called NCFCA. That's the one, and that is the big. That's another big word full, but it's basically a national uh, speech and debate uh, club that allows uh, competition and tournaments to take place uh, throughout the year for from a comp- from a competitive standpoint. Kind of the framework, yeah. But yep. the local people do all the work, right? Indeed, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the local organization and how you help kids and, and uh, what, uh, what maybe the, how it works. Yeah, so we, uh, we meet uh, on a weekly basis uh, for about uh, several hours. Uh, we, we have a speech uh, section that starts uh, the evening, and then we, uh, we work on a debate uh, for a couple hours. And uh, the first half of the year, uh, you know, kind of August, late August uh, through uh, early December, uh, we're practicing our events. We're doing a lot of research. We're, we're talking about the topic. And then a tournament season starts here in January and continues uh, through uh, roughly May. Okay. And, and we have tournaments roughly about 
you know, once every uh, three or four weeks. And people in the audience should pay a little attention today because that tournament time is the time that uh, this particular uh, community club needs some help from the community. So we'll be talking about that towards the bottom of the hour. So definitely stay tuned. Uh, One of your members in the past um, was uh, a fellow by the name of Simon Sefcik. And uh, he served, uh, for those that don't know who might be listening, he served as the 42nd Legislative District Senator last year. And uh, so Simon's here, and I just kind of would like to get his reflection on, did you take part in this organization? At all? I, I did, Charlie. I think the big takeaway is that you've already, uh, I think I've gotten the best compliment I'll get out of you that I've ever heard. You said I'm somewhat articulate, so thank you very much. Well, we're still, the, the judgment is still out. <laughs> all right, all right. Hopefully I can prove myself today. All right. So tell us a little bit about your participate. You did participate in this organization, so tell us a little bit about it and how, um, how you, um, how it struck you being one of the students. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think uh, I started this when I was about 13 years old until I was uh, 17. And, you know, the pitch that I'd make to the people that are listening right now is uh, regardless of what you or maybe your kids choose to do in life, you know, whether they uh, want to become a chef or, God forbid, a politician or a businessman or, uh, you know, a stay-at-home mom or dad, whatever it is, the ability to communicate, the ability to Uh, you know, give out your ideas in an effective and concise manner is going to be an invaluable skill uh, regardless of the industry that you're in. And the earlier you learn that, the better. And so that's what I think the benefit is of this organization. It's what taught me, I think, in many ways, uh, some of the things, you know, in in terms of the ability to speak, the ability to think on your feet and take complicated information and, you know, synthesize it and break it down in a short uh, manner that I would not have had were it not for the speech and debate experience. All right. So let's talk about that a little bit with Eric. What is specifically, I know some people think it's getting into the weeds, but what specifically is a curriculum that gets us to this point that Simon's talking about? Yeah, so so each, each year uh, the debate aspect of, of what we do uh, falls under a different umbrella. We call that the policy or the resolution uh, for the year. Okay. And this year for uh, team policy, there's two styles of debate, and our club uh, exclusively works on team policy where there's two uh, speakers. Te- team. As team. a team. Policy. Yeah, team. okay, yeah. okay. And it, it regards uh, United States federal, federal government and uh, – their policy regarding or a significant change to their policy regarding import and export uh, within the bounds of international trade. Well, I can't just, you know, just stand up and do several hours of that. But it, it, how actually you use that subject matter to get it, your students focused, how does that happen? Yeah, so through individual research, uh, the teams and as our club, we, we – understand, we research, uh, we read about the topic matter, and then we practice uh, debating uh, in, in the first, you know, throughout the season pretty much. We, we uh, partner uh, our students up and we do a lot of practice. We do a lot of research and uh, a lot of writing of cases. Okay. Yeah. Lots of work. It is. Yeah. It is. Great. Makes you think and get focused on what you're trying to talk about no matter what it is. Yeah. 
And, it, and it's all very relevant information. Uh, the topics that we've debated over the years, uh, you know, one, one year it was U.S. policy regarding China. Uh, one year it was U.S. policy regarding um, international terrorism. It's, it's stuff, it's information that is relevant uh, in, in the news. And, I mean, I think it's, it's really impressive to see, you know, a 15-year-old, 16-year-old that, that's having a very mature intellectual conversation with somebody else of the same age about, you know, a complicated subject. But their job is to break it down and make it simple enough so that uh, anybody, you know, sort of from the streets could walk in, sit down during that conversation and, and judge and, and make a decision. In other words, their job is to make that information simple for uh, any of us to be able to walk in and actually judge that round. And that's why, you know, they, they really need judges for this tournament. You don't have to really have any qualifications uh, because the job of a communicator is to be able to, well, communicate uh, to anyone. Okay. So um, I'm getting a little bit of the old knot untying. I always forget what that means on the show. But um, we're going to talk when we come back a little bit about what's going on in Cedar Woolley, how the community can support what you're doing, and, um, and, and we'll work that out and try to get a little more information on the general way this operates. So let's take a break at this time, and uh, we'll be back as soon as we can. The winter savings continue at Linden Sheet Metal. The holidays are over, but it's not too late to buy a gift for your home and save money while doing it. Linden Sheet Metal has furnace, air conditioner, and heat pump discounts up to $900. Utility rebates up to $1,500. And beginning January 1... There are tax credits up to $2,000 off, and it doesn't end there. Showroom fireplace models are discounted 40%, and new fireplaces are $300 off installation. The benefits of a new energy-efficient fireplace, heating, or cooling system will help you save on future energy bills and can increase the value of your home. Call Linden Sheet Metal today to schedule a free estimate. Our consultants will come out and find the best solution for your home. We also offer easy financing with low monthly payments. Now is a great time to upgrade your home. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, located in Bellingham on Kentucky Street, is here for your auto repair and service needs. Trusted and affordable auto repair in Bellingham for over 25 years. Ask about their oil change and maintenance inspections. You can hear Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic every Saturday on In the Shop on Newstalk 790 KGMI. Or check out Dr. John's Auto Clinic at djautoclinic.com. And on Facebook for the latest in auto repair news. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, reliable, honest, and a part of this community for over 25 years. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it. Bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news. All while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning and welcome back to 
Charlie Crabtree's fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. With us this morning, we've got Eric Josen and Simon Sefcik, and uh, we're talking a little bit about a great organization that um, is good for education. And uh, we're going to get back and talk to Eric a little bit more about the details of what kids learn. And you said something about January being a tournament time and uh, start, you know, what what is that about and how does that work? I mean, actually, when you got a tournament, what do you got, two kids up and two kids here? And what happens? Yeah, so so the our first uh, regional qualifier is coming up here uh, next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Cedar Woolley. And, and these are events that pretty much start around 8 o'clock in the morning, and competition goes uh, at usually at least until 8 o'clock at night, if oh, not a little wow. bit longer. And through that time, uh, there's uh, six uh, debate rounds, uh, team policy in Lincoln-Douglas, which is more of a value-style uh, debate, and then there are also speech rounds. What do you mean va- value-style debate? So, so the, the policy... Uh, the team policy would be regarding uh, a significant change in policy uh, that's under the resolution. Uh, this year, economic policy related to import-export, you know, something the federal government would, would do to change the status quo. Lincoln-Douglas, from a value standpoint, this year the resolution is uh, debating uh, the rights of prop, you know, property rights uh, as con, uh, uh, against... Uh, the, the rights or the benefits, the economic benefits of, of the community. So that's a one-on-one wow. uh, type of debate. So let me get that again. Property rights and their individual property rights and their... Versus uh, the economic uh, benefits of a, of a community. And, uh-huh. and these individuals, they debate both sides of that, uh, of the argument. Of the question. Of the question, yeah. yes. So this is happening, you said, beginning Thursday this coming week. Yeah, so, so down uh, our first tournament uh, of the year uh, is down in uh, Cedar Woolley this Thursday. And, and this is where, as Simon kind of indicated before, uh, the community, uh, we, we love when the community can come out and support and, and, take a look. and help listen to and uh, give feedback to our uh, competitors. We don't the the judges don't need any special uh, training. Uh, it, it really it it is our students' job to communicate effectively to their audience. Let's take this time to the email address. Give people the email address now, and we'll do it again on where they can get information on all of this. Yeah. So so our local club uh, is Epic Speech and Debate at Gmail dot com. Uh, but better uh, the NCFCA dot org uh, website has information both about uh, clubs but particularly also about how to find uh, a spot to judge uh, there's a little button up on top uh, that you can uh, that says judge map and you can go to that map and find uh, the map of the u.s where they'll be uh, you can uh, hover over washington and cedar woolly and you will uh, find a little link there that will take you to how to uh, get set up for helping to judge. Uh, yeah. You do need to sign up online uh, to, to be a judge. To be a judge. All yes. right. Yeah. So tell us, Simon, your experiences in these tournaments and uh, where they led to for you. 
Well, I always appreciated members of the community that were willing to come and uh, give some time to actually, you know, help provide feedback. And, you know, this is also a really fun experience for the actual judges. You know, I know probably the way we're talking about it might sound a little intimidating, but in reality, it's a really, really fun opportunity to come to give back to the community and, uh, you know, just help out various students with input and advice on how they can make their ideas and arguments clearer. The ability, again, to communicate, I think, has been the most valuable thing I probably uh, received in my high school education in years. And, uh, you, you know, I, I guess the other to the more cynical people that are listening, if you just like to sit back and judge people, this is also a, a great opportunity to do that. That sounds good. So, Eric, what are the details of being a judge? Well, you you do probably need to be able to hear well. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, if you've got if you've got a thinker and you like to give feedback, uh, we we love to receive that type of feedback. And as Simon said, it, it really it really has been virtually every judge that we've ever uh, come in contact with uh, raves about the experience after they've um, done that. And uh, it, so that. You can judge debate, either style or speech. There's 10 different types of speech, uh, you know, from uh, prepared speeches okay. to limited prep. Uh, so that's not a debate part, but you're just actually making comment and... Uh, yeah, you're you're listening to on maybe... a single individual? Maybe uh, one round of speech might have six or seven different uh, people come okay. in and give their speech speeches of, of a particular style, and you're able to judge those as well. Okay. And then, sorry I interrupted you. Yeah, so, so that, that goes on for uh, Thursday uh, and Friday. Uh, Saturday, we get into what we call the out rounds, which would be kind of like uh, the elimination bracket where we're looking to get uh, champions and finalists uh, awarded for the tournament. Uh, so the, the level of uh, uh, participants maybe kind of ramps up a little bit on Saturday, but uh, people can judge as many or as few as they would like. If, if they'd like to sign up for a couple days, uh, they're, they're welcome to do that. All right. And in the past, have you been able to um, get enough judges to do the jobs? How many kids you got this time? Well, our, our local club is roughly uh, you know 20 to 25 in that Ooh. area. The, the okay. tournament itself will have probably about 100 uh, students at it. And where do they all come from? Uh, our our local district is pretty much the greater Puget Sound area. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's a district, local club districts, and then you you go from there to the regionals, the and Regional. then and, yep, I and see. then to national okay. uh, championship. Yeah. Right. yeah. So how'd you do, Simon? I did all right. I won. I won some. I lost some. <laughs> I, I remember, you know, some of the different judges you have. Uh, Wes Herman, who's the uh, founder and owner of Woods Coffee. You know, he judged a final round of mine back when I was about 13 years old. And so, uh, you know, it always made a real impact and impression on me when people were willing to uh, give up their time to come help out and judge. So, uh, yeah, I, I was all right. Uh, and I actually did some of it in college as well. Uh, and I just thought it was very, very, very helpful. Again, regardless of you know, I wasn't I wasn't doing this back in high school because I thought I'd end up in politics. I was just doing it because, I, regardless of the industry I wanted to go into, I wanted to be able to, uh, you know, just have that sense of self confidence that I can talk to people in a convincing manner. All right. So, last words, Eric. 
Well, again, thank you for this uh, time to uh, talk about this topic. Uh, the The website, again, if I might add it uh, to sign up, would be ncfca.org. And uh, we really do appreciate it. Give uh, the email one more And time. the email for our local club, uh, EPIC, E-P-I-C, uh, EPIC Speech and Debate at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out. That's all spelled I out. I don't know what else you would do with speech and debate, but okay. Yes. S and D. Simon. Yes. Please come. We really need people. This is a great way to give back to your community, and you can make the difference in the life of a high school student who has big dreams. This is an opportunity to do so. I don't know. I, in that particular case, I don't think I could have said that better. So well done. And so that, that means I pass the standard of being somewhat articulate? It's C+. Plus. Okay, great. All right. I'll take it. We're going to break now at the bottom of the hour. We'll be back with Liv Finney of the Washington Policy Center. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and for over 12 years, we have been bringing you Wealth Wake Up every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we focus on investment management, retirement, tax planning topics, and some of the political influences on your planning for the future. And on Sunday, we focus on the latest economic updates for the United States and globally. During these challenging political and economic times, we try to provide you the latest information to assist you in your decision making. Call us at 360-733-1200. Go to our website at Wealth Wake up.com and join us live at 11 a.m. on Saturdays or 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Men over 45, do you have a frequent urgent need to urinate or a weak flow? Do you suffer from an enlarged prostate or BPH? Want to learn about alternatives to BPH medication and major surgery? How? The Urolift system. The Urolift system is an in-office, minimally invasive procedure. It reopens the channel with no cutting and provides rapid symptom relief with no new sustained erectile or ejaculatory dysfunction as shown in a clinical study. Call Bellingham Urology Group about the Urolift lift system today at 360-714-3400. Most common side effects are temporary and can include discomfort when urinating, urgency, inability to control the urge, pelvic pain, and some blood in the urine. Rare side effects, including bleeding and infection, may lead to a serious outcome and may require intervention. For more information, call Bellingham Urology Group, located in Bellingham, or their new office in Mount Vernon at 360-714-3400 and online at bellinghamurologygroup.com. Relive your favorites every day on Bellingham's newest radio station, 98.9 and AM 930 KBay. Kick off your workday with the 9 AM Music Marathon. Over an hour of commercial-free classics. Hit after hit from your favorite artists all day, every day. And the broadcast sponsor of the Bellingham Bells. Listen live online, 98.9kbay.com. Join the fun and be a part of Bellingham's newest radio station, 98.9 and AM 930 KBay. 
the latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. Deadly tornadoes swept through the south, causing widespread damage. In Selma, Alabama... You can hear some crashing and that kind of thing. And I thought when I got out of the basement that I wouldn't have a house. Whole lot of unanswered questions about classified documents found at two separate Biden locations. Special counsel Robert Hur has been appointed to investigate, and our Adriana Diaz tells us... House Republicans announced another investigation into the found documents. We'll issue subpoenas if they don't respond. Kentucky's James Comer spoke to CBS's Catherine Herridge. You have to treat Joe Biden the same way that, that Donald Trump was treated. The U.S. may run out of money soon. Our Catherine Herridge says Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen's asking Congress to act fast. Yellen informed lawmakers that once the limit is reached, the Treasury will start taking, quote, extraordinary measures to prevent a default, like delaying some payments. CBS News Brief. I'm Stacey Lynn. Good morning and welcome back to the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. This is Charlie Crabtree, and we're going to continue to get right to it this morning. Um, we we have on our program for the second half of the show, Liv Finney from the Washington Policy Center. And Liv, this morning, uh, Liv's been on the show before in July. She helped us through and talked us through um, the Supreme Court decision on uh, schools um, in July. And uh, I invited her back today because it's the beginning of the legislative session, number one. Number two, there's a lot of stuff going on in public schools that that it would be nice if others, other than members of the public schools um, could hear about and we could... Uh, see what's going on there from the perspective of somebody who has some expertise and does this all the time. She'll tell us a little bit about herself. Good morning, Leif. Good morning. It's so great to be on with you again, Charlie. All right. Can you tell us just a little bit about you? And then I've got some interesting stuff to talk about. Very good. I am the Director for Education at Washington Policy Center, where I have been since 2008 doing research and analysis and watching uh, on education issues and education policy issues, especially those in Washington State. And I write studies and uh, policy notes, legislative memos, blog posts, all on the, on the topic of education. Uh, my education background itself is I'm trained as a lawyer, and I practiced for a number of years, and then I just had a two children, I decided to stay home and raise them. And then when I, they grew up and left home, I landed this terrific job at Washington Policy Center where we had a uh, beneficial effect of helping bring public charter schools to Washington State. Right on. Yeah. We, so that was a great thing. I understand you have one in the Bellingham area now that yep. is promising. So that's basically what um, about me. 
All right. Well, um, I just have to say and and uh, do a shout out to a fellow by the name of Elon Musk because four or five <laughs> months ago, it seems that my Twitter account came back on. All of a oh. sudden, I was getting I wasn't getting Whoa. anything for years, literally years. And then all of a sudden, I get you know here's here's what's going on. Here's the people that are following you and oh. and so forth. So I I looked up this. Uh, this person last night called Liv Finney, and I would like to talk about some of those issues there. And Very one of good. them was, and I, I, I think they're related, and you can you can mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, make an opinion mm-hmm. on that. But the first one is is Bellevue, and Bellevue's uh, yes. drop in enrollment, and some yes. of the things that they're doing about that in their school district. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. Yes, that's a very interesting development as coming right out of the closed schools for two years uh, to COVID. The Bellevue School District uh, has seen a dramatic loss in enrollment. When I looked it up, it was a 10% drop. I've heard that the number is higher than that. I don't have the current figure. Uh, so that's a that's a big number of, uh, of students who are no longer there, and that represents significant loss of funding because uh, state funding is based on enrollment counts. Right. And the I, I'm reading that the um, district is very concerned because I, uh, it it has it is now consolidating uh, five uh, elementary schools into three and actually leaving a, a building empty. So. That tells you where the where where it, that tells you a lot. It tells you what families felt about their schools being closed uh, for nearly two years for for the among the lo- longest closed schools in the nation. We were 47th in the nation to reopen. It tells you that families are unhappy with the lowering the quality of academic learning in Bellevue because that used to be one of the best districts in our state in terms of academic performance and that's that's the trend that that that's the trend that they're on and many other districts are on and they are, it also tells you that families are unhappy with the uh, radical wokeness that is infiltrated into the curriculum of the Bellevue public schools so people are voting with their feet they're pulling their kids out they're in they're either uh, Homeschooling. There's been a 54% increase in homeschooling in in the state of Washington, and a 20% increase in the number of people sending their children to private schools. And there has been a number. I don't know the actual number, but uh, many people have left the state of Washington for other places where right. there is more opportunity and choice that, yeah. in education. Yeah. So in in Bellevue, like other places. Um, this reduction is is happening. Um, what about the funding? Yeah. Well, that the funding that's a great question. Okay, so let, just to clarify, statewide, forty six thousand students have left Washington public schools. Okay. That's four percent to the total. So we know the total number for the state. That means that about a five hundred million dollar loss in funding to all the schools in Washington State. Now. Um, <laughs> You'll be, you may not be surprised to discover to find out that the legislature for the last two years has been backfilling that funding loss. So districts well, are getting money for empty seats in their classrooms. Well, but you again back to 
back to Twitter a little bit. There was there was a notation on on Twitter that you'll be testifying on Monday on a bill in the legislature, and and it seems to me that one of those terms of that bill is to uh, add to teachers' pay hours that they're not actually in the classroom. And if, yeah. if, if, if that's the case, then if I do my math right, um, that's like a, a teacher and a half month worth or a week and a half of, of teachers every month that they will not be teaching our children, but they'll be getting paid. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let, let's start with, I'll, I'll describe the bill. I'm right. going to testify on this bill on Monday. On Monday, the bill is Senate Bill 5054. And if it passes, it would cut the instruction. It would. It, what it does is it redefines the, the legal term, what the legal term instructional hours Okay. Uh, requires because the way our schools are funded, there are a number of instructional hours that must be uh, provided uh, to st- students in our state. A thousand instructional hours. Okay, right. so they have re- they're def- redefining those instructional hours to reduce the number of hours that teachers are required to spend with kids teaching by four hours a week, which, as you say, totally. is an increase. In the, it's a it's a reduction in the time they have to work, but at the same rate of pay. And I have looked this up. Washington's t- state teachers are now ranked in the top five of states in teacher compensation and pay. Uh, Jacqueline Maycumber, a representative from Eastern Washington, uh, stated that that uh, teachers that we are first in the nation in teacher compensation and benefits, and we're fourth in starting teacher salary. And so the question of compensation for teachers should be off the table, and certainly reducing their workload should be out of them, out of, you know, should not be allowed. So I'm going to testify against that bill. Right. That bill is a, is a um, repeat of a bill that the union in, introduced last session. Uh, same, same thing. They tried to get a 20% uh, cut in uh, instructional I, time and calling it. And yeah, how did so that do? Happened. That failed because there was such a outcry and outpouring against it, and I expect the same to happen again. But you never know. You never know. So I'm hoping a lot of people show up to testify against it and say, "What do you? What? What do you? What the heck do you think you're doing? Uh, we pay. The, you know, we provide. Let's just review the amount of money that the public provides to the schools. This last year, the total funding for our schools in Washington State was 18.8 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's translated to $18,175 per student on average statewide. So does, did that include the, the federal, the ESSER money, it's called, which is, has to do with here, have some money to recover from COVID not being in school? Yeah, that's a great question. We, we got another $2.9 billion in federal COVID relief funds just for the schools. And I... Don't think that eighteen point eight billion includes that number, but I can't be actually positive. Okay, Charlie, I'm, okay. I can't. I, I, but I know the number from the federal government is two point nine billion, and some of that money was used for safety measures uh, to keep to make the schools safe when they reopened. However, 
a lot of that money is still unspent. There were three tranches yep. of, of funds that came. A lot of that money is still unspent. And one of the positive bills that I see has, bipart- that has bipartisan support in the state legislature is to, uh, which is Senate Bill 5248, would require the use of unspent COVID relief funding on high-quality tutoring and extended rigorous programs, um, you know, extended learning programs for students to help students recover from the serious pandemic learning loss that students have suffered when their schools were closed for two years. And that, that I think, is a hopeful bill because it's, it responds to what all the researchers right. in the country are calling for. Yep. Indi- individual tutoring to assess where kids are in their learning particularly kids in middle school math are behind. They lost two years of critically important math, and they're now in ninth grade struggling to get through algebra one. And many of these kids are going to not make it through higher order math in high school because they did not get the foundation. And so, of course, a a state that was caring about getting, you know, helping the kids that they hurt when they closed the schools is a, a state that really cares about their kids would make their number one priority uh, the provision of money for high-quality tutoring and extended learning programs for kids that are behind. You know, their, prior, their priority has to be to catch up. Absolutely you know? right. Yeah. And it's all over the place. Everyone knows this is true. There have been research. I've re- I wrote a whole study on this, collecting all the many of the um, – uh, many of the uh, reports that from Harvard University, Yale University, University of Washington, all these researchers are saying that this was a d- disaster for children, particularly in we're, math and in reading. Right. We're, we're going to have to fix. We're going to have to take a break. Tutoring. Oh, sure. sure. We're, we're going to have to take a short break, but we'll be back and we're going to talk a little bit more about this for sure and how to how to get a hold of you, and how to work with the Washington Policy Center. This is Charlie Crabtree at the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. Plumbers, electricians, HVAC technicians. These jobs are in demand right now, big time. For every five retiring, just one is entering the trades. As we come into a new year, it's time to change the definition of success and how to achieve it. Hi, I'm Brad Barron, CEO at Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. My grandpa Dan founded Barron over 50 years ago with the goal to provide our community with quality service while supporting his employees with exceptional careers. To carry on his legacy, we're on a mission to prove that a career in the trades is a rewarding one. In his honor, the Barron team created the Dan L. Barron Trades Scholarship, which will provide opportunities to individuals looking to enter the HVAC, electrical, or plumbing trades. Barron will provide two $5,000 scholarships to Bellingham Technical College. Start a new career this new year. Apply today. Applications may be submitted at barronheating.com slash scholarship now through January 31st. Barron, your full-service HVAC, electrical, and plumbing contractor. Our mission, improving lives. We all make plans and envision what our lives will look like. But life happens and choices are made, some for the better, others for the worse, and sometimes the end result is unknown. If you or a loved one have ever faced an unplanned pregnancy, you understand the wonder and the fear that comes with the unknown. From the moment a baby is conceived, it is a new human life with its own DNA, never existed before and never will again. At just six weeks, you can hear the heartbeat of a precious and valuable human being. Circumstances may not be ideal, but where there is life, there is hope. You are not alone. 
My name is Maggie. Myself and many others want to stand with women in crisis who may feel helpless and hopeless. We can help with a place to stay, food to eat, clothing for you and your upcoming child. We can offer help finding a job or continuing your education. We want to stand with you and help you succeed as a parent and an individual. Your life matters and so does your baby's. Contact us at lindenhumanlife.org. Back on the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. We again thank Asset Advisors and Linden Sheet Metal for sponsoring our program. And today we're talking with Liv Finney from the Washington Policy Center, and we're talking a little bit about education. What we'll get in this segment, I hope, is a kind of a completion of where I interrupted you before we went on break. And then secondly, <laughs> Um, some, some, you know, news of what, what can people do if they are concerned? We might talk a little bit about Kennewick and, uh, and the other school district in Eastern Washington, but let's, let's get done with what we were talking about before break. Well, it's just, uh, I have seen other states make the provision of tutoring to children their top priority and speak out about the dangers of learning loss for children in their futures. And I don't see our state leadership here doing that. So it's incumbent upon parents to demand from their school districts, you know, a test from their child that individually tests their child, uh, tells them where they are and catches them up because uh, these, this loss compounds over time and there's no better advocate for a child than their, than his or her parents. So that's what I encourage people to do there. There. So uh, you, there is a little pushback around the state, and there's been some in years past, a couple of years ago. And I know in Whatcom County, there were four new people elected uh, to positions in in uh, school boards here right in Whatcom County of the seven school districts. Uh, there were four new people, and most of them uh, had a wish and want uh, to have some accountability and work hard to make their districts the best, but one of those, one of those uh, situations coming out of the what I would call the critical race theory education happened in the Tri Cities area. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, it's very interesting. Um, school boards are waking up to the fact that they under state law, have the power to, to set policy and decide what is taught to their children, what textbooks are, are selected, what library books are bought, what, what is being taught children. And recently, uh, in response to the state legislature attempting to foist an unproven false ideology, critical race theory, upon the uh, schools of this state in response to this uh, bad and illegal idea, several school boards uh, either uh, were elected new people or uh, just or persuaded the existing people on the board decided to restate the basic principles of our country uh, in resolutions that defy this racist, critical race theory ideology. So the districts of Peninsula District, the Chehalis School District, the Kennewick School District, and the Richmond School District have all passed resolutions stating that no child shall be treated any differently than any other child based on the color of his skin, 
You know, no child should be told they cannot succeed because of the color of their skin. You know, no child should be made to feel bad for the actions of, of his ancestors based on the color of their skin. Those are those are just propositions that are are our state constitution, our civil rights laws are all based upon that we treat that everyone is equal under the law. Yet this critical race theory is a direct attack on that and and urges and is trying to change our culture to treat people as members of groups and not having individual identities based on their race. And the and it's an attack on uh, the system of rewards through merit. It's an attack on rational thought. It's it's a dangerous ideology and i really yeah. commend right. the, the 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 leadership of the school board directors in these districts in washington state for I, passing resolutions against it i know as a as a former school board member and i don't i, I find it doubtful they, they get paid anymore is they don't get paid in most cases and there's no. there's five school board members and you have to be pretty much committed to the education of your kids and and one of the major things and and powers that um, that that a school board member has is working with and um, maintaining accountability with the superintendent, and and that that is a, a a key place where board members need to um, be concerned and and to look at everything that's going on and have a, a separate a superintendent who can speak like uh, in the first half of the show is trained to um, be articulate enough to get the community involved, to get the community up to date, and make, uh, make the district accountable to, um, to the students and, and to, the, um, you know, to the community in general. There I went off a little bit. Do you have any thoughts no. on that? That is exactly right. I mean, our system of school boards is based, it's, it's, in theory, is in, intended, was passed in the progressive area and era in the 1920s uh, to hold schools accountable through their elected representatives on school boards, these school board directors. And school board directors are uh, responsible for hiring the, the superintendent of the schools and in the ensuing time with the growth of the power of the union, uh, this has been lost upon many school boards. <laughs> they do not work for the superintendent. The superintendent works for them. And by choosing the, a good superintendent, you can hold the entire district accountable uh, for improving test scores, for not using critical race theory in textbooks, for not uh, for uh, improving the quality of learning that every child has. That's how that's how school board is supposed to act. And they have lost, you know, they have lost their way in the past, and now they're finding their way back, which is quite encouraging. And, and I'm seeing all kinds of political activity now, groups of, of uh, mothers and fathers forming to uh, elect like-minded uh, school board directors to their local school district uh, board board of directors uh, across the nation. Uh, families are rising up in opposition to some of the bad ideas in the schools now, and that's a very good thing, a very healthy thing, and that's the way uh, the accountability was supposed to be, uh, you know, enacted, follow through with, is through school boards. So, th- just, I'm a geek a little bit, 
So just so mm-hmm. people know, there are 294 districts, give or take one or two, in the state of Washington. Each one of them has at least a board of five. Seattle's has seven, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they're they're up for election in a lot of places today. Not all of them, but a a, a segment, a cadre of them. So in the in the fourth quarter, listening and reading area of Wacom, Skagit, Snohomish Island, San Juan, and Clallam counties, um, there are a hundred and eight school board positions available this fall. Um, there, you'd have to run for the office um, this spring and sign up. And in Wacom County alone, there are twenty two. And people are becoming interested in this particular uh, way of being involved in their community and in their school system. Um, the the last thing, a little bit, and I don't know what your experience is, to be honest, but in, in the in the Whatcom County area, we have a school district who is having. Um, some notoriety in the local daily newspaper on uh, some of their staff, and they were administrators, not teachers, who possibly, allegedly, did not follow the law. And I guess I would like you to to explain basically what you might know about the law itself, and uh, and then make a comment on on whatever's going on up here. Well, the I'm I'm aware of that fact pattern up there. It's really shocking uh, because. Everyone that works with children are required by law to report if they see that a child is being sexually harassed or molested by another child. That is the law. It's called the mandatory reporting law. And I understand that three administrators in the schools there ignored that mandatory reporting law when a 16-year-old girl told them that she was under threat from a young boy in her school. <laughs> and and. And they they ignored her, and they did not report the harassment. So they have violated the law, yet they stay employed in the public schools. And right. that right there tells you a lot about the system of public education we have right now. Getting yep. rid of people that are not doing their jobs is impossible because of the power of the union. And, and that is something that has to be fixed if we're going to protect our children from, you know, bullies and molesters in the schools. And if we're going to raise the quality of education, we, we are slipping fast in the rankings among the nation in our school, in the quality of our schools. And, and that's not going to change until we get a handle over on, on this problem. This is a big problem. Well, when I was, when I was on a school board, the number one priority forevermore was safety of students and how they felt in the environment that they had to learn. And, and without that number one priority, um, you didn't have much of a chance of making progress against everything else that is against public school students as far as curriculum and being able to graduate on time and being able to, to make the grade. So this is vital and important to the people of the state of Washington. This is vital to become involved locally in your schools in whatever way whether it's school board or pta 
Liv, we're going to have to go now, but I really, really appreciate you coming on and highlighting everything that's happening. Not everything. There, We could talk for hours. But <laughs> we appreciate you very much. Well, thank you very much for having me, Charlie. Have a great Saturday. You too. Go okay. Seattle. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.